You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Nostalgia is one of the strongest forces in the human psyche and is responsible for the continued existence of some of our favorite fandoms. From the minds behind the Dole Up and Dreams podcast and Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine, Saturday Morning Confidential takes you on a deep dive into the properties that helped influence the artists and creators of today. So whether you are a Goonie, a Gem Girl, a Digi Destined, or you just want to return to Oz... New episodes release on Fridays bi-weekly starting January 1st of 2021. And join us on the Wednesdays after the main show for the Serial Killer Radio Hour, where we sit down with the people responsible for the toys, shows, and fandoms that you love. Now you can find Saturday Morning Confidential at certainpov.com backslash smcpod or on your favorite podcast platforms. So don't forget to tune in for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. then we are ready to take that journey into mystery because tonight we're talking X2 X-Men United. That's right. All the way from 2003. That's the word. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that classic. I think uh, a lot of people consider that one the, the best of that first trilogy. Uh, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see what we have to talk about. And to help us, Ian, talk about that movie... We have on once again the local X Men expert, Chris Franey. Hey, everybody. Yeah, out of all the cool mutant powers, I got nerd. But I'm okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> it helps. You're among friends. So, Mitch, I need to I actually need to ask you something here, real quick. Uh, <clears throat> Franey, we'll, we'll be right back. Uh, Mitch, question for you. Um, we have all these guests on the show. Are any of them chipping in for gas? <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you notice, not a lot of them return. It's because I sent them out for dilithium crystals to power that the, uh, our vehicle, and uh, they go. don't always make it back. Okay, fair. I just wanted to. Uh, I should have asked you before we. Th- anyway, all right. Hey, all right. So we're back. Hi, Franny. Sorry about that. That was incredibly <laughs> rude. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited to talk about a couple other things. But X two was pretty rad. I watched it again and went. Yeah, this one still rules. <laughs> <laughs> so as we take our Blackbird on its way to X2, X-Men United, first we're going to talk about the release of the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings trailer. And then we're going to go into Loki Episode 2 and Episode 3 on Disney+. Plus. So if we're ready, in chat, I'm looking at you. Let's get started. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, what did we think of this trailer? We're getting more of a story trailer instead of a teaser trailer as the first one. And let's also definitely talk about the return of the Abomination. 
because I'm all about it. I'm hype on it. I was, uh, it, it was a little bit sketchy with the teaser trailer because I was like, what are we actually going to get? Is it like Marvel's attempt at like a buddy cop kung fu movie? I don't know what we're in for. And then we get this trailer and I'm like, all right, I, I, I'm going to see it. <laughs> I mean, Chris, there is a there's going to be an underground fight club amongst the Marvel characters. What's the, what's the equivalent of this in the in the Marvel comic books? Because I I think I know what it is. Oh my god! Um, well, it makes me think of what was it that one volume of Avengers Academy uh, where I think it was Arcade. He got a hold of the Teen Heroes and he's like, "Hey, welcome to your nightmare!" And like was just having them fight to the death. Um, this is equivalent to probably any X-Men baseball or softball or basketball game that they have. Um, Yeah, dude, that was nuts. And it's confirmed. It's totally abomination versus Wong. Like, I thought he was a peaceful dude who just wanted sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to pay for those sandwiches somehow. So Dr. Strange has been gone for five years. Only fans are Fight Club, so he went one way. (laughs) I mean, and they are not mutually exclusive. They're not. You can have both. You, you can, and I bet that only the fights? you make. Wasn't that what it was called? <laughs> Ooh, Only Fights is a website that I might have to make. I don't know. That might be getting close to like the early 2000s with bum fights. Like, we, we, not, we might not want to bring that back. <laughs> I mean, fair. But if everybody if, if everybody's a knowing participant. Fair. Okay. All right. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, no, Shang-Chi, it's definitely a story about fathers and sons. Uh, where it is, where, who, do you grow up to be like your father? Uh, do you want your son to be just like you? Um, obviously, the two of them do not love each other. Well, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that. Mandarin looks like he is definitely all about uh, his son following in his footsteps. Shang-Chi, not so much. Uh, what was the most exciting part for everybody else? I think outside of the Fight Club, mm-hmm. um, the Great Defender. You know, I mean, it, if we're if we're okay with it, the comic book name Fin Fang Foom. But it's like, okay, this is this is starting to feel like it's connected to the Marvel universe. Um, <clears throat> I, I I I don't want to lessen it, but it feels like that moment when like a comics kind of fading, and it's like, hey, let's bring in the Spider Man or Captain America guest star to kind of boost sales. Like. The first trailer was all right, um, kind of like what Ian said. It's like, well, what is this going to be, you know? And this second trailer, definitely, it's like, okay, that's right. We do live in the Marvel Universe. Check out all the crazy stuff we've got. Here you go. And so it definitely, it gave me those vibes. So once I saw him, I was like, no way. That's going to be awesome to see. All right, let's do this. Yeah, what Chris is talking about there is that there's a scene with the underwater dragon. Uh, definitely, I don't know if anybody's confirmed it yet, but it's definitely... Fing Feng Foom uh, vibes and the toys had given away the name earlier in the year of the Great Protector. Is that right, Chris? I believe so. Yeah, because Lego they don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. They'll spoil anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, dragons are real. We saw food dogs also uh, in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So th- th- that's that was I, that was really cool. I liked that visual. Uh, I also really enjoy uh, the how they named this movie because it feels like it feels like an old kung fu movie title. Oh, you're not wrong. 
You know what I mean? Like, because you have, like, because uh, 10 Speed was doing her 24 hour stream a couple weeks ago and she was watching old kung fu movies on stream trying to stay awake. And they all have titles like this, like Flying Guillotine and like The Six Chambers <laughs> of Death and Yeah. Yeah. So So that's and the legend Is of the Is that where Harry Rings. Potter got it from? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I I I really liked that. No, that's it is a great title and I on it's a, a pretty great cast as well. Like uh Michelle Yeoh is gonna be playing uh Shang-Chi's mother or Simu Lu's mother and uh we didn't know that before we just we didn't know what character she was going to be playing but like Michelle Yeoh is incredible in everything so I'm I'm excited about that uh I believe and I could be wrong the name of the actor playing uh the Mandarin is Ken Lung uh so I don't I'm not too familiar with his work but just what I saw in the trailer it, it looks really good I'm not the biggest fan of Aquafina, but she's going to be like this movie's uh, Miguel, right? Was it Miguel? Is that what uh, the character in Ant Man? Oh, now oh. I'm having a now I'm spacing. Yeah, I can't remember the actor's name or the character's name, but in that movie, he's the comic relief, right? He comes in, gives us the recap of, the, of what's going on, and and makes us laugh so that's what i, I feel like aquafina is going to be and i'm i'm in for that there it is Luis. Luis, thank you thank you malfoy <laughs> speaking of malfoy anybody else did anybody in the chat have an opinion on the trailer <laughs> because you were questioning yourself with the name of Luis, just like we all were Malfoy threw it out there and went, I'm probably way off. I don't know anything. And like, backed <laughs> off of it so hard, like instantly. <laughs> Michael Pena, that's the name of the actor, though. I know that now. It came to me. So, yeah. uh, who would you want to, if anybody, who would you want to see cross over into this movie from the MCU? Because uh, I, I got to imagine there's going about... to be some kind of surprise guest star or surprise guest character. Are we talking about just to show up or to be a part of the superhero fight club? Ooh. Well, let's do let's do both. So first just to show <laughs> up. Uh first just to show up. Um I think it'd be cool if <sighs> No, nah, it wouldn't make sense. I don't know. Skip that part because I'm gonna come back around on that. But for the fight club, a good iron fist. So you're going to reintroduce Iron Fist into the MCU, uh, make sure it's not uh, Finn Jones, <laughs> and just hope that everybody knows that story. I, I mean, I'm for it. So, uh, I'm, And you don't need to, don't go super heavy into it because we get it. You're the legendary Iron Fist. But like, just, hey, this is who he is. Give like one scene of demonstrating that he's like here to whoop your ass, right? Yeah, and then just and then go from there. Um, and Garrett just had the idea of ideas. I'm glad you're both sitting down for this. Iron Fist played by Michael Sarah. What? So uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Get that uh, okay, out of here. Guys, how's how, how's it? I, I guess I'm here to fight you. I'm the uh, a legendary Iron Fist, I guess. So yeah, well, he's just like. I guess. <laughs> what was it? Was it didn't Iron Fist? They have like the other ones, like the Steel Serpent and stuff like that. Just find one that fits Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'd be Golden so flushy. <laughs> I'd be so down. But a character that'd be cool to see show up in this. Um, I'd be good with Bucky showing up. Actually, with uh, yeah, I'd be good with Bucky showing up by himself. So do you, I don't know how, I don't know where, but he's out doing his own thing. I was gonna say, do you think this takes place uh, after the blip, during the blip, before the blip? Um, I'm gonna hedge my bets and say blip adjacent. Blip adjacent. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Who 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 to show up and who to be in the Fight Club? Ooh, all right. Well, let's see. So two show up. Um. I think just because it's on my mind, and, and since you brought up Bucky, I, I think uh, Captain America Sam Wilson, that'd be cool. Like, who's not going to want to see that on the big screen? And, you know, yeah. that, that teases, like, the next formation of the Avengers. That uh, teases the next phase of Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think that'd be cool. Um, and then when it comes to the, the, the Street Fighters or the Cage Fighters, oh, man. Well, obviously... No, I don't think that would work. Like my my initial go to is I want I want uh, Daredevil just because I think that'd be cool, but it really wouldn't make sense. Um, no, he's here to but what about Electra? Well, yeah, I'm not too I'm not there with Electra just yet. I I gotta rewatch that season season and see how I feel. So I'm gonna throw out two crazy ideas. So maybe Moon Knight. Like if this obviously this movie should be out before his show, so maybe that's a good way to plant that seed and then follow his adventures or if they want to go somewhere something totally new and this could lead to another fun tangent uh give me night thrasher and then that leads to the new warriors wow okay i could see that follow-up question on the moon knight pick um will he be fighting for drug money (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna be fighting for information on how to get his money from dracula yeah this is how he affords to get his cab He's fighting for cab money so he can start that part of his business. <laughs> I'm so down. <laughs> I love it. Uh, also, uh, throwing in one one more pick for the for the the Fight Club. I think this would be a really good place to start introducing mutants. Um, I feel like mutants are becoming my uh, thunderbolts, but. <laughs> I feel like this would be a really good place to start plugging them. Uh, An angsty Colossus in a fight club (laughs) would be next level. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's, it's, it's unfair to throw mutants in there, but not really, I guess like you got the abomination, but see, well, my, my, my pick for showing up in the, in the fight club in the, in the cage fight was going to be Deadpool. Like just introduce Deadpool now. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds comes in and, spits off some uh, funny jokes and be like breaks the fourth wall and no one understands it and boom he's there uh, I want to be the announcer in that case <laughs> ooh that's not bad well we could get Let Ian's I was going to say we could get Ian's uh, cameo here have him have Deadpool dressed up as uh, Stan Lee as the announcer for <laughs> the, the cage fight that'd be so sick <laughs> uh, <laughs> and who's the one to just show up uh, the one to just show up, I was thinking maybe Val from uh, uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier and have her start putting together her Dark Avengers, maybe? So she recruits yeah. uh, Abomination from here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. I think it would be really cool if uh, Valkyrie showed up in the Fight Club. Oh, 
That would be interesting. Very interesting. Or an, another Asgardian toss him in the Fight Club. Because uh, why not? They seem like <laughs> that seems like they're ripe for the picking. Oh yeah, <laughs> like definitely. Uh, I also if we'll stag the voluminous. <laughs> <laughs> also, also um, uh, Taskmaster. Since we're getting Taskmaster in in uh, Black Widow, like it'd be pre- pretty cool to see him in the him or her in the uh, cage fight. See, I feel like Taskmaster would only show up to a cage fight like that. Because of their like eidetic memory and the muscle mimicry, they're just like I'm just here to learn how to how to whoop more ass. Oh yeah, exactly. That's that's like, not a bad bad idea. <laughs> no, they're just like like look, Taskmaster, you can't keep coming. I, I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I do the thing again so I can fight Spider Man with it. <laughs> Hurting people, they're not coming back. <laughs> You're too good at this. I know. Find me better people. <laughs> All right, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm excited to see this movie now. Uh, I hope everybody else is too. Loki, episode uh, two and episode three. Uh, it's the variant and Lam- Lamentus, uh, which yes. is fine. Like Lamentus is like a 36-minute episode, so combining the two works out well. How do you feel about Sylvie, our uh, variant of Loki? I, I'm on board. I was hoping that they were going to take another angle with it, um, but they there's still room for them to take the angle that I want, and that's uh, using Loki as the queer representation in the MCU. Um, but that's there's still plenty of season left. Who knows how that's going to play out? Um, yeah, I, I like her as a character. The actress is doing great. Um, I like their, uh, I like their, like chemistry between the characters a lot. I think it's really fun to see the same character from two different timelines and what the differences are, and uh, the, like, the combat differences between them as well. Oh really- yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, if you want more of like comic book references and easter eggs you can go to our patreon where chris and i already broke down both episode two and three for easter eggs uh check that out and you can uh, be one of our patrons but chris like how do you feel about uh sylvie as a character like i know we we got into it deep of who she could be otherwise so, like, I, Ian brings up a great point. I love how the actress is interpreting the character because um, <clears throat> that's so cool that they're, you know, as, as actors and actresses, they're sharing a character. So it's neat to see what they bring, what their commonalities and differences are. Um, I, as, you, as you mentioned earlier, to the fighting, it's like that's kind of cool. Like, it, it really makes me feel like Tom's version of Loki is more like, you know, uh, style and fluff. And then her Loki is like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you with my giant sword. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really cool to see that. Um, episode three could have used more Owen Wilson in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I, that's the character I'm watching. I'm very curious to see what uh, Mobius is going to do. But episode three was great to see um, the two Lokis interact with each other. And I really like the song bit. I don't know. It was catchy. It's stuck in my head. So I can't wait to see how that plays out later. Yeah, I think. The, the, oh, go ahead, the, Ian. The, 
the singing is actually what uh, Malfoy and chat just pointed out. It said Tom Hiddleston singing in Norwegian was amazing. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Also, that was a good scene. Um, I pointed out that I I don't think Sylvie is a variant of Loki. I think Sylvie is a variant of somebody else. Uh, maybe even Frigga. Uh, so I'm cool. I am interested in seeing how that all plays out. I also pointed out in the Geeks Watch about this issue that I have with loki in the series right now like he's in i I understand this is a a variant of loki of the one that we saw in the main mcu so we don't have that built up character of his throughout the whole mcu saga but this is the one that we just saw in avengers and thor before that like a much more formidable foe and here he just seems to be so powerless i don't i don't really understand it like i you know it seems like he did so much more in thor and and avengers but maybe avengers is because he had the scepter and he had all the chitari with him and now it's just him with his own magic and uh, and that's another thing the two characters use magic in a very different way like obviously our sylvie enchantress uses her magic to enchant people and have her do their bidding whereas loki does a lot more illusion based magic well, and, and there's something to say, maybe too, maybe with Loki coming to terms with his own mortality, that could be something too. Because, like, I like that there's something. I don't know, if maybe it's just what I'm picking up, but I feel Tom Hiddleston, he's kind of coming to that thought that he's a loser as Loki. You know, like just some of the conversations that him and Mobius have had, where it's like, you know, he's he's not the top banana here, and especially coming off a defeat with the offend with the Avengers. He's just really at like a crazy low confidence level. So maybe that could be stunting him and his powers. And we don't have like this Loki, our Loki in this, uh, in this show doesn't have the, the character development of Thor Ragnarok, like for that relationship with Thor, right. That makes him a more, formidable not just foe but just a more formidable person Mm -hmm. where he understands like oh (laughs) people don't hate me i'm just a tool (laughs) (laughs) and then once he once he starts to understand that he becomes like an actual person you know what i mean and that's where he suddenly has the confidence to try to kill thanos right like that's nowhere before seeing loki has he ever had that kind of like that kind of ambition. He's always been very ambitious and very, I'm going to play the the sides of the everything. But then suddenly he's like, I, I, I can take this guy. I got him. Like, what? No. <laughs> well, also take into account, like, I saw someone else mention this in a meme, not none for, uh, for no other place. But uh, you have Loki in the main MCU timeline, the first Thor movie, the first Avengers movie, Thor, Dark World, like, I'm going to rule over Asgard and I'm going to be, you know, the king of it all. Ragnarok, we, we find him and what has he done? He's just made a play about himself and he sits there and watches it. Like, that's what he's done as the, the ruler of, of Asgard. <laughs> Getting very drunk and eating grapes. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> I guess you could say he's having grapes two ways. There you Fair. This is true. And as he yeah. put it, he just gets really full. <laughs> right he doesn't get drunk 
Um, chat said, uh, so Garrett said, I think he's just playing an angle and wanting to, or, and waiting to show off. Um, and Malfoy says, on a meta level, because it wouldn't be Malfoy if we weren't getting very heady about something. Uh, I think the show is about what being Loki is and what it means to him moving forward in his life. Is he just destined to fail so others can succeed? Can he be better? But see, that's the trick. If you want to get heady about it, the Loki that's in the main MCU timeline is destined to fail. This Loki has absolutely no destiny. Like, he exists outside of the timeline. He doesn't have a destiny. So I guess that's, that, that is definitely a way. And that could possibly stunt his magical ability, making him quote unquote impotent. Like, you know, what, what do you do when you're, you, you, you know that you have complete free will. There is no destiny for you. Right. Yeah. Kind of like I don't, speaking to like a daredevil thing where it's like a man without hope. So as you mentioned earlier, it's like his, his ideas of conquest are to rule Asgard. And what did he do when he did it? I want to watch a play about me. (laughs) And, you know, then even then, like now this variant Loki, as he's seen with, uh, Mobius's, uh, revealings, it's like, well, all that's going to happen is your kingdom, your way of life is going to be destroyed in Ragnarok. So what's the point? So it's kind of one of those things where now he is, he's a man without hope. He's a man without fear. Who knows how far he could go. And chat chimes in here again. Uh, my my sister says, uh, having no destiny is hopeful, though. Like, if you have no destiny, you can control whatever happens to you. You, you legitimately have that kind of control. And then Malfoy chimes in with, uh, therein lies the anxiety we see. He has been shown time and time again that his life, speci- that his life specifically is without purpose. So you're kind of in this like damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of spot about would you rather have a destiny that says you're pointless or not have a destiny and potentially end up pointless. But it could be something awesome. You could be you could be amazing. Exactly. Because it, he even at the in the first episode, he's like, I was given the role of villain like that is my role. So I had to do the villainous things. But in that destiny of being the villain he always has someone else to blame he can always blame his failings on his brother now he has no destiny he can't blame his failings on anybody else other than himself right and if it wasn't thor he had the chitauri that he could blame for not being a strong enough army he had thanos for not telling him the whole truth or whatever right there's always something but now it's him now it's him and him alone and uh, Sylvie. <laughs> well, now Sylvia. <laughs> well, I mean, he is kind of using the timekeepers as like his next thing. Like, I need to get to the timekeepers. I need to get, uh, you know, because they're the most powerful force in the in the universe kind of thing. Uh, but as we've come to learn in episode two and then episode three, like Mobius tells Loki that timekeepers creates all the people that are working in the TVA. Whereas Sylvie explains to Loki that everybody that works at the TVA are all variants of other people uh, that are in the timeline. So that means Loki, or Mobius is uh, more than likely, uh, how'd you put it, Chris? A jet ski salesman in the 1990s? <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to upgrade him to being a jet ski owner because there's no joy in selling something you you're, you're you're fond of so i think the ownership is what gives it to him okay so i just want to see a scene where he's riding and wow wow you know every time he hits now, a wave 
we have already been told, Owen Wilson has said that nowhere in this show does he say, wow. It's true. For any reason. It's true. So I'm hoping that's not him and Disney lying to us like they've lied to us so many times before in these shows. Well, remember how Paul Bettany played it? He was like, oh, for the final episode of WandaVision, I'm going to work with an actor that I've never worked with. So maybe it's a variant of uh, Owen Wilson's character, a variant of Mobius, who gets to say the wow moment. So I got I my fingers crossed for it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, so Garrett has a question here. He says, by the way, if Loki's power of illusion don't work at the TVA... Why do we see him as a human instead of as a frost giant? So I went over this and in my head canon, because that's all I have, there's nothing else to back this up, is that the illusion of changing from frost giant to Asgardian or giving him the pink skin was Odin's, not uh, Loki's power. So I'm guessing that Odin's power was powerful enough to keep the illusion up in, uh, in the TVA. Okay. I'm not even going to try to argue it. I'll allow it. Yeah. I mean, other than that, it's just more of like we'd rather not have to spend the money on blue CGI for (laughs) for Tom Hiddleston and why mess up Tom Hiddleston's face? Right. And why run the the chance of it being like creepy looking? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, why are there no like alien species in the TVA. Like the only, we saw a scroll, but like, why have we not seen more? I would think because Sylvie's actually telling the truth and that they're all variants from earth. But what, but why only earth? Did the time, the sacred timeline not exist on other planets? It does. But like, I don't know. Humans are the easiest to manipulate. Being like, ah, nah, you work for us now. And look, you okay? Okay. <laughs> That's fair. I can accept that answer. Uh, was there anything else about the the two episodes that either of you saw that you'd uh, want to bring up? I mean, it's not anything really important. Just in episode three, when they're trying to like scam that lady in her house and they keep getting shot with that big old fuck off gun. <laughs> um, I like that gun. I thought it was really cool. That is a good gun. <laughs> That's a good gun right there. Like definitely an episode that I feel like somebody is, is throwing an illusion on somebody. I just don't know which one is the one that's in control. And at that point, we have all that discussion with Loki and Sylvie about how her enchantments work, that uh, sometimes the person is in control, or sometimes she's in control, sometimes they're both in control, sometimes it's an autopilot kind of thing, or co-pilot kind of thing, uh, which could definitely be happening here. So uh, I can't wait to see what happens in episode four, which uh, is out now as we record this. Yep, and you're not going to catch any spoilers here from us, chat. I haven't even watched the episode yet. Neither That's how I. committed I am. <laughs> also, I've been at work all day, so I haven't really had a chance. Same. But, you know, not, neither here nor there. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anything you're excited for uh, coming out of this series going into the rest of the MCU? Um, I want more Lokis to just pop up places. <laughs> You want like a, a council of Lokis? <laughs> you know what? If if we got like 
if we took the concept of Rick and Morty and applied it to everybody's Loki, and they all just get together and they have like a space station where they get together and do Loki things, I'd be okay with it. I mean, I, I did I did hear someone else say that what if the timekeepers are just variants of Loki also? Like the three timekeepers were just variants of Loki. I, I'd be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be mad about it because that's just like Loki finally finds a way to get back to talk to themselves. And they're just like, oh, hey, what's up? Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting. Yeah. You're not going to try to kill me. No, you're, we're the same person. It's not worth it. Shut up. Come here. Chris, did you have anything? Um, I'm just looking forward to, I, I kind of got a feel with this whole timeline shenanigans. Um, I'm very curious to see how it's going to affect outside things. So like, as we talked about in, in our uh, reimagine, I, I felt like this could be leading towards, um, like I'm, I'm torn. It's either going to take us to Dr. Strange and the madness of the multiverse, or it's going to take us to uh, Ant Man and the Ant Man and the Quantum uh, Madness, or I forget what that was called. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing like what are, what is it six or eight episodes? That last episode, like, all right, here's where you're going next. Like that's going to be a pretty cool trip. Okay. I don't remember what the Ant Man movie is supposed to be called. Quantum Mania. Uh, Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. Okay, because I wanted to say Quantum Palooza. <laughs> I like that one better. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot more like uh, Paul Rudd too. <laughs> Quantum Palooza. It's a circus of value. <laughs> like there we go. <clears throat> but yeah, so should we talk about X Men now? Let's get into X Men. X Two, X Men United, uh, two thousand three. We're not going to talk about how old you were at the time, Ian, but did you go and see this movie in the theater? (laughs) I was 10. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I did go see it in the theater. I went and saw it for my birthday. Oh, look at that. What what were you thinking? Just, it's my birthday. Uh, Yeah, it's my birthday. Yay. X-Men movie. Holy crap. Nightcrawler's rad. I was going to say, that Uh, first scene probably just kicked it off the chain. What a way to start a movie. Uh Uh-huh. Most definitely. Yeah. Even now, whenever I rewatch it, uh, Stryker sucks. (laughs) And um, all, all he is is just some, like, maliciously bigoted person Mm, very so (laughs) when we were watching this chris and i brought or chris had brought up this great uh anecdote about uh striker uh chris what oh i think we might have oh is he coming back he's there oh okay uh so it was the fact that uh william striker hadn't shown up in x-men comic books more than once before this movie correct yeah yeah striker's only appearance was the original graphic novel God Loves Man Kills. So he had only had one comic book appearance. And then sadly, they changed that because uh, at the time, oh God, I think they were doing Extreme X Men, spelled X T R E M E, because Extreme. Um, that was the next time they brought him up. And that story didn't end well. <laughs> just, so he was, a, he was a good play of a villain, but just mm, that next time, not so well. So yeah, uh, in 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 the Marvel or in the Fox X Men universe, 
This is the first actor of three to play William Stryker in the franchise. We'll get a different actor to play him in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, and then yet a third actor to play him in uh, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, I think was the one that came after Days of Future Past. Spoilers. I believe so. Spoilers? Is that what you said? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just being a turd. (laughs) Um, So... William Stryker in the comic books is both a military man and a uh, clergy of a religious cult that he starts. It's all about humans only and no uh, no mutants. In this one, they don't really in the movie they don't really make reference to him being a soldier or not, but he is the head of a government program that is searching out f- or to deal with the mutant problem. Well, they refer to him as Colonel Stryker multiple times. Did they? Did they remove? Yeah. Did they say Colonel? I yeah, must have missed that then. Colonel. Yeah, they they call him Colonel a few times. So, like, we have the relationship to the fact that he is in the military somewhere, and that just makes me think. On the so the scene where they raid the mansion. Yes. All I'm thinking is that is a gross misuse of of budget money. <laughs> um, like. First off, you said, like, the president told you we don't need a mutant body showing, like, a mutant kid showing up on the 6 o'clock news. Cool. What do you do? You send him in there with a Trank gun and then, like, live ammo in a, in, in a submachine gun. Like, hello? You're going to trust these dudes to go into a house where they feel threatened to, to just, oops? No. Uh-uh. Get that out of here. <laughs> yeah, that uh, I, I made the same exact comment of no dead teenage mutant body on six o'clock news. And at one point, they, when they're shooting up the kitchen, like those weren't trank darts. That was live rounds that yep. would have killed any kid. Uh, definitely getting shot towards Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> and they're getting shot towards Bobby. Um, I the best thing about that scene to me is seeing all the kids and and trying to pick out who is who if any anybody is anybody in the the comic books at all like uh obviously you hear you hear siren she's the one that starts screaming and uh Mm -hmm. takes out everybody's uh voices or with her voice sorry and um we well obviously the obvious one is colossus uh badass (laughs) which Chris brought up a great point. Like, why even power down? Like, they're shooting at you. Probably just keep that metal skin up. Right. I don't. Maybe, maybe it's young Colossus that we have here, and he struggles with maintaining his steel form. That's fair. That's fair. I uh, may. Maybe he has performance anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it. We're not here to judge, Mitch. That's you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Chris? Uh, I like the I like oh, the line between uh, Colossus and Wolverine though of like I can help you help them. And it's like that's like all right I'm down and then Colossus is like okay. I mean who better to protect them right? Right. <laughs> uh, Chris thoughts on the the raid of, on the X school which I know you've read many times that that X mansion doesn't usually stay up for too long. <laughs> yeah it's uh. <clears throat> the, the whole manufacturer's warranty is definitely used to its full value. Um, <clears throat> it, 
it was a great scene. Like, like you said, it's fun to just play. Who is that character? Um, you know, when we see uh, Siren, she's the easy one. Uh, we get what actress number two who plays Kitty. That's right. She yep. sinks through the bed. Um, obviously, like Colossus was a big moment in that one. Because uh, if you sit and think about it, it's like, what, we've got Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, and Nightcrawler? Like, we almost have the giant size X-Men on screen. Like, that's cool. Um, so that. those were those were just great moments. Uh, I couldn't really remember any others that stood out. I mean, there was TV Remote Boy, maybe Weird Tongue Kid. I think that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> um. The, those two scenes in particular, the the nightcrawler scene and the the raid on the school scene, I I love watching them. But then while I was watching it this time around, made me think about Brian Singer and how he, we obviously know now he is a terrible terrible person. Uh, and it just made me think about like, I mean, how do you? How does someone who's so gross and like terrible just make such a great scene? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's not really what we're talking about here. So I just want to talk about like uh, the the subtitle of X Men United in this movie. Who are they uniting with? Like Magneto? Like Magneto? Magneto and Mystique come and fight with them against uh, Striker. Yeah, probably the best stretch to justify. Like, you're right. It probably should have been called Mutants United. That would have been a little bit better to to stomach, I think. Yeah. Because I I think more than anything, X-Men United might be the third one. Like, there's more characters that show up in that one. So, I think it's... I'm no stranger to my opinions on Cyclops, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to... It's okay, Freddie. I saw your head shoot up so quick. I'm not saying anything <laughs> mean about your boy right now. Scott Bummers is Scott Bummers, but he has he has some cool story moments like throughout the comics, and I can't deny that. One thing I always wanted from these movies is I wanted him to become Cyclops. I always wanted to see the Savage Lands. I wanted him to, to go out there and be like, look, I run it now. Y'all messed up. You had me like... We're going to do it this time. Like I want I want radicalized Scott Summers. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, I wish like it's funny. I I think I've had this discussion. I don't know, I'm not sure if you were there too. It's like I could do like a Cyclops supercut of the first trilogy with James Marsden. And it's a shame too because you've got an awesome actor playing the character as well. Mm-hmm. It's like I would get maybe 20 minutes out of the whole thing. And it's it's so it's such a sad thing because I mean like I think I was talking with Rafa earlier and it's like here's a challenge like find an X Men epic that doesn't have Cyclops in it like he's always there like mm-hmm. the X Men and this is where it's gonna get crazy but I don't mean it in the broad sense but it's like X Men is his story like that's where you find him that's where you see things happening and it's it's just a shame because it's like if you ever get a chance to read X Men God Loves Man Kills. Cyclops does have these amazing moments because when Xavier gets taken, who's your next leader? It's Cyclops. And he's the one who's telling them like, Hey everybody, this is where, you know, this is where things are going to happen. This is where it's going to get real. It's no longer like super heroics. This is about survival. So while he's not like the total, you know, red X revolutionary Cyclops, but this is definitely one of those moments where he sees that the dream is in danger and it's time to stand up for it. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that this could have been a very good chance for them to, because uh, they put they put Pyro on the helicopter with Magneto and Mystique, sent him away. That needed to happen. That's where that character goes. I think Cyclops could have gotten on the helicopter. <laughs> Cyclops and Magneto. And, well, I mean, send him away. Cyclops is like the the internal struggle of like how do I protect people that don't that don't care about me? How can I fight active like how can I actively fight people who are trying to change a world that doesn't care about me? You know, there's a good precedent for that because if we go back so X-Men happens, Spider-Man happens, we get the Ultimate Marvel Universe. So pretty much like within the same amount of time we're given the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man book and then, like, the Ultimate X-Men book. And the first arc plays with the idea of Cyclops. Like, it's more because he got his heart broken. And they still could have played that with, uh, uh, spoiler alert, the death of Jean. Mm -hmm. Maybe Cyclops is like, you know what, man? This great woman gave her life. I can't do it anymore. And so he deflects. But ultimately, he sees Magneto's extremism. But that would have been cool to see. And... That's like pretty much kind of the uh, the first arc in Ultimate X Men. So it's like, it's there is some shock there to see you know the Ultimate, you know Goody Two Shoes X Men flip teams. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I always loved about this movie is, and I you know the the actor who plays Pyro, you don't really see him in a lot of other things, but the scene where he and um, Magneto are having the conversation in the, in the helicopter or in the Blackbird. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, you know, well, there's the first, it's what's your name? And he's like, it's John. And he's like, what's your real name? And he's like pyro. And then when he takes the, the, he takes the flame from the lighter that Magneto had taken the lighter from him and he manipulates the flame. Like Magneto's like, Oh, you're great. And he's like, no, I can't, I can't create flame. I can only manipulate it. And he's, but like the, the, the acting in his face at that moment of like how disappointed he is in himself that he can't actually create flame, can only manipulate it. He can only control it when in actuality, being able to control flame in the way that he does is so awesome. Yes. Like, yeah. I just I wouldn't be able to contain myself if I could do that. I I can can barely contain myself when I make a, a match work. So, like <laughs> the fact that the the actor was able to play that off always gets to me. Like just to be so disappointed because look who who's his best friend in in the school or at least his closest friend in the school is Iceman, right? This guy can make ice out of nothing. He can turn himself into ice. He can. Uh, he's also got the cool girlfriend, I guess, but like just comparing yourself and that just, I, you know, maybe that just struck a little bit too close to me, like of always comparing yourself to somebody else kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I like that scene. I love that scene for that because that whole conversation is just so great where he's like, why, why are you upset about that? Yeah. You have some, you have something that's amazing. I mean, he puts like, it in a way of you're a god amongst ants, which is not so yeah, great. But, but like, you know, it almost feels like Magneto. If if you weren't so far out there, you and and Charles could run an amazing place that would help so many people. 
Where I mean, Charles is like, so here's the science behind why you can do it, but no love whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And Eric is over here like, but like, I don't really know the science, but I love y'all. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you how to use your powers. Right. I've got an interesting take on that one because like, I, so seeing that scene and it is, but I almost felt like when they're done with that, I see Magneto give this look to Mystique and I feel like it's just like, hey, we got another kid we can use. Like, I just, I don't know. I took it that way because Magneto, like in the comics, I definitely could say he's grown to care about his brotherhood. But Magneto in the movies, I think the only one he cares about is Mystique. And even then later on, we see how that relationship plays. So, like, I don't feel like he cares about Toad or Sabretooth. Like, there's no, like, oh, well, let's go free them or anything. It's just, no, we're here in the moment. Here's what we're doing. So I kind of feel like, I don't know, like, I, I think he's just telling the kid what he wants to hear. And then when he kind of looks at Mystique, it's kind of like, hey, we might have another sucker here. You're, you're definitely right. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. It's it, the way they played off is like, look, we have, we have converted another one. No, we have another one for our fight, our side, uh, which is not completely unheard of. Like he, he is still, tr- he is in his own way fighting for mutants. Just I'm going to break a few eggs. Cause that's how you make an omelet. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> the scene, in the was it a church with all the other mutants and like they all have their tattoos and whatnot well that's the next movie that's the next one i was like why didn't i see that in this time around was i not paying attention (laughs) but never mind i'll save that for that (laughs) um no yes so what what is in comparison to the first movie though? How how do the two of you feel about it? Like how is it still better? Is it still con- do you would first would you consider it the better of the two movies? Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Still, hundred percent. Yes. It is the better of the two. The characters are more developed. There's more emotion in everything. It's not so just like I got powers. Uh. <laughs> um. The there's like actual subplots, like the whole thing with Rogue and Bobby about like they just want to be able to be like teenagers in love, but they can't because you know <laughs> Bobby will die, <laughs> or like the whole thing with like Bobby being weirdly jealous of Wolverine. It's so very strange. Like, obviously, Wolverine's more of like an older brother to her, if yeah. anything, but. Maybe she's always yeah. talking about Wolverine and be like, oh, well, Logan did this thing when, you know, the, for the time when I was hanging yeah. out with him. And that could be a thing. Or maybe it's just weird, like insecure teenage boy. That's definitely like, a thing. Uh, like that's I, I think that's what that has to be. But like there's there's more to it. There's more depth to this movie. There's more meat to it. And I I prefer this of of the three. I mean, one of the things about the development, the character development, you're you're absolutely right. There's so much more character development for all the other characters. One of my biggest gripes for, I don't know, the first five X-Men movies that we got was that they all were Wolverine stories. <laughs> uh, the first one's about Wolverine. The second one's about Wolverine. We got two. We got X-Men Origins Wolverine. We got Wolverine. And then we even X-Men 3 
which one, whatever that's called, I forget. The last stand. The last stand, right? I mean, it's still tangentially about Wolverine and his decision of having to, well, spoilers, you know, having to kill Gene. Like it's it's just so much development of of Wolverine, and then finally, first class Wolverine's not a part of, but then Days of Future Past, we bring Wolverine right back. Like it's all about him going to the past to take on uh, the the storyline. So it. it as much as I love Hugh Jackman and him playing uh, playing Wolverine, like there were so many more X Men out there that we could have been talking about. He has a compelling story that you could write a through line for about like doesn't know who he is, finds the dude that made him. Oh, <laughs> and his, his not girlfriend dies. Whoa, <laughs> everybody, watch out! Oh, she she's actually from space. Okay, who? Who had that on their bingo card? (laughs) Speaking of, we get our first hints of big screen uh, Phoenix in this movie. Uh, Let alone we would we would go on to know that we were going to get big screen Phoenix like three more times after this point. How excited were you if you remember when you first watched this movie that? Phoenix was uh, making its appearance, Chris. Oh, I was hype. Like I, yeah, yeah. That's one of the best Scott and Gene stories out there. And when they, because it was funny, because I was thinking about this. Like I think it was the trailers. They were really playing it up as like Scott and Gene are going to break up. And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter because you never set up a relationship in the first movie. Like. Yeah, it's mentioned, but there's like going back to what you guys were talking about, like there was no real character development in the first one. So I think they took a big cue and obviously they advanced their relationship. They're like, oh, we're together now. But when that was happening, just seeing the pain in Cyclops as he's, you know, like I was laughing because we didn't get that moment, you know, Gene, you know, I was waiting for that. <laughs> but when I, you, you know, you're hoping you see that little Phoenix in the, in the, 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 the water. It's like okay, and so yeah, I was, I was excited. I was totally ready for X Men Three because I thought, okay, we're gonna get uh, the Phoenix Dark Phoenix Saga. This is gonna be awesome. And instead, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we got something else entirely. So, I like that we've seen Phoenix on the big screen so many times, but. We've never gotten like the like. I feel like they've had a really hard time capturing like the feeling of the Phoenix to the point that in the comic books. Now, Franny, you're gonna have to help me out on this because you're <laughs> you got a, a weird, different knowledge than I do. Um, <clears throat> there was a time where the Phoenix showed up, and they're like, "Oh shit, the Phoenix back!" And they stopped and went, "Hold up, what colors was it? Was it green and yellow, or was it crimson?" <laughs> like, cause, cause they've seen it enough that they're like, okay, is it something we have to worry about right now, or can it wait till tomorrow, kind of thing? But we're we're not gonna get that kind of familiarity with the Phoenix out of the films. I feel like ever, and that makes me a little sad. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. Like with that, like when the costume would show up, anytime the Phoenix was mentioned, you know, everybody crapped their pants because they knew what the Phoenix was capable of. And it wasn't just like an amplification of, you know, psi powers. It was a space goddess, a child of the universe who could like, Hey, I'm hungry. I ate a planet, you know? 
Um, it meant something. Now it's just been kind of boiled down to like, oh, it's just Jean not being able to control her psi abilities and stuff like that. Um, I just pulled it up looking at it. So the Dark Phoenix Saga, so you have two parts to it. You have the Phoenix Saga, which goes from Uncanny 101 to 108, which ran, what, seven months? And then the Dark Phoenix Saga, which goes from 129 to 138. Uh, you're talking 10 issues there. So it's like, I, I like if they ever want to do it properly, you'd probably have to do its own trilogy. Like, it would have to just be like, we know these characters, they're established, and let's just see Gene's growth and what happens. But then the big question is, because even Marvel changed it, like, that Phoenix isn't Gene. It's the Phoenix pretending to be Gene. So do you stick with the original ending and be like, nope, that was Gene, she's done, she's gone? Or do you, you know, at the end, have her rise out of the Jamaica Bay and be like, hey, you guys look tired, what happened? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and answer the question that comes at the end of the show now. And that is, I want, I want the Phoenix in the MCU so bad. I see. (laughs) I feel like with the three attempts that they've already had, like we're going to be staying away from the Phoenix force in the MCU uh, going forward, which is dumb (laughs) because what's okay. What's the ex? What's the uh, escalation? Of baddies here. We did we we did Thanos. Oh no, Thanos is the worst thing. Uh next up, maybe we don't jump straight to Galactus. Because Galactus is arguably worse than Thanos, right? He's just like destroying solar systems because he can. Yeah. Um so the next step up from Thanos would be the Phoenix Force. And you pit you pit the force of the Avengers against the Phoenix Force. Because they don't know what's going on. This is how we start introducing mutants. Uh, slowly but surely. And there you go. Handled. Done. Yeah, no, honestly, you've got a good point. Like, that would be the smart way to play the Phoenix. Like, you introduce the X-Men. You know, you have the whole thing. Like, you kind of do the end credit scenes. And you can show the evolution of Gene. Then it could lead to, as you brought up, like, the Avengers are kind of like, hey, this doesn't have our seal of approval. So that gives us you know, AVX a la civil war. And then it leads to the dark Phoenix saga where it's like the X-Men are like, okay, you know what? You know, we got, we got to take care of this. Maybe the Avengers step in as well. And you just have this big moment where it's kind of a, a weird adaptation of onslaught where the whole Marvel universe has to go through. Just no Rob Liefeld at the end. <laughs> Please. No. <laughs> oh, chat. Y'all are ridiculous. Uh, Magic Bullocks just said uh, Mephesto confirmed. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and then Malfoy was instantly like, that. <laughs> y'all suck, man. I'm out here trying to make a point and y'all just memeing on me, whatever. <laughs> the, life, the life of a streamer, chat never loves you. They're just here to talk shit. <laughs> That's the internet. <laughs> That's just the internet. Right. Uh, to get To get caught up on chat here really quick, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm talking way too much at the moment. Um, Magic Bollock says Magneto being uh, being a sassy punk to Rogue about her hair was great. I like that. <laughs> that was a little. Um, that was a little bit of Ian McKellen just showing up through there. Right. Um, uh, he also said that X Men Origins was actually totally about Gambit. No. And I, I have something to come back around on that here in just a second. Uh, Malfoy says that this was actually the Blobs breakout role. Um, <laughs> 
we were talking about X3, and they say, I'm the juggernaut bitch. Um, and then <laughs> something that please don't get my hopes up about this, because this would be the way to do it. This would be the way to do it. The Phoenix Saga coming to, D- coming to Disney+. Plus. That would be the way to do it. Yeah. You would have to do the whole season of just the Phoenix Saga. I, I could see that. Give me... Give me ten episodes of just <laughs> ten episodes of just nothing but a roller coaster ride of the Phoenix Forest. Best I can do is six. Sorry, <laughs> I'm out. Chat. Have a great night. Uh, this is the last episode of Journey to Mystery. Mitch broke my heart. Uh, <sighs> All right. Uh, so then, what is the toy that we did not get in the original run from this movie? All of them. <laughs> Was there no toys for this uh, movie? I, I this, had a actually this uh, this movie. Their toy line is what helps start kind of stepping things up. So the toy line from X Men, they were very stiff, simple articulation. Uh, the toy line for X Men Two, they basically redid everybody because now we're getting the Marvel Legends uh, movement. Like we're we're having uh, double elbows double knee joints, uh, Cyclops, you can take his visor off. He's got the light-upness. Oh, my gosh, who else was there? I know they did a Magneto. He had the cloth cape still. Mm -hmm. Um, We did not get a striker toy, uh, so there was no way to chain up Brian Cox to anything in your room while you played. (laughs) Because that's everybody's kid fantasy, right? That's right. I had a a Nightcrawler action figure that uh, came with the rafter like it was like the rafters in the uh, the church oh yeah like that that was like the the whole set and his uh coat was removable very cool I remember yeah, they were getting vividly. big on the uh as you pointed out the uh the set pieces because i think cyclops came with like a piece of danger room or something like that which would be rad <laughs> So also, the, give us more danger room cowards <laughs> we get a little bit more in in Last stand, and then eventually we get it in first class, don't we? I think. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, we get a Wolverine in civilian and X-Men gear. Uh, Ian, as you point out, yep, Nightcrawler even came with those, the pants. Like, everybody was in sleek black costumes, and then Nightcrawler's got his uh, circus gear. Um, We got a rogue figure. And she's she's got the hairdo. We get Bobby. Uh, we don't get him iced up, but he does come with ice pieces. And actually, sadly, I don't think they really do much for the uh, the X women. They don't give us much there. It's just a couple of the guys and whatnot. Interesting. Magic Bullocks, Magic Bullocks says that we need a Wolverine versus Lady Deathstrike set. With kidney stabbing action. <laughs> Which Chris and I talked about that. Like earlier in the movie, you see Wolverine gets uh, gets shot in the head and the bullet just eventually works its way out. If Lady Deathstrike has the same uh, healing factor in that, well, would, would eventually the animantium that's frozen over like just push its way out and she'd be alive? That would suck. It would hurt, <laughs> yeah. but she'd be alive. It's hurt coming out. <laughs> Well, especially too, she had the adamantium tears. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which I don't know if uh, the the anatomy works that way. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I stepped all over your joke. No, that's fine. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. 
Uh, okay, my toy figure was going to be uh, Correction Officer uh, Lorio. Like, obviously, you need to have that guy with his uh, <laughs> way too tight shirt because he's overweight. And, of course, the character's first name is Mitchell because they never name a good character Mitchell in movies. <laughs> Mitch, his, uh, a his action you. feature should be like two metal balls pop out of his back, and that'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Speaking <laughs> of that scene, I feel like there should have been so much more blood on the floor. <laughs> I, there was not. It all got caught in his shirt. Hello? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you live through something like that? Having metal pour, pulled out through your pores with the blood? I, I would think probably not. That's got to just like shred your circula- circulatory system. Yeah, yeah, coming out of his body, out of the front way, and I'm sure Magneto like probably was like whoop, 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 in and out, in and out. <laughs> All right, now we'll take him. Yeah, even if he just does it once, you're not having a good day. <laughs> you're uh, done. Especially if he's breaking out of jail and that dude's been a turd to him the whole time. Like he's like, oh, feeling a little irony I see today. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> uh, did, did 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 the two of you say that your toys and toy sets? Uh, so I said the one that I had, the toy that I think we need. Um, I it would just been like a really fun collectible. It doesn't really do anything, but it's just like a little diorama of a TV kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And you can push a button on the TV so that it changes channels, like, on the back of the set kind of thing? I like that. Yeah. Like, I, I would put it on this shelf if I had it. <laughs> it would it would go perfectly. Chris? It really would. Let's see. Uh, well, so a caveat to it. Um, Cyclops' second figure, because we have him normal, and then we have him with the, uh, the rain jacket. Uh, he does come with the clear prison batons so you're almost close to having the mitchell action figure <laughs> um, but if if i get to have the figure that didn't happen i do want striker and then this way i can do some custom work and start my own super troopers gang <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ooh, 10 speed just said in chat here y'all remember the x-men fighting game yes that was loosely yes. based on this like x-men academy was great yeah it was real good. It came out right around the time of the first movie, I think. And the roster of characters was predominantly characters that were in the movies, though they showed up in uh, comic book appearance, like comic book attire as opposed to movie. Yeah, you attire. had costume choices. Uh-huh. That was cool. Which was real sick. Uh, Ten Speed and I played the hell out of that game. Same. Same. That was on the PlayStation, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, that was the one. I remember uh, I had my Nintendo 64. I had the uh, the steering wheel. And I had like several games, two controllers. And then I traded them all in to get a PlayStation. And they're like, you can pick one game. And yeah, I got that Mutant Fighting Academy. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> such a great game. All right. So, so I feel like Thanos. What did it cost you? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Ian said it earlier. What's the thing that you hope shows up in the MCU, or what could this movie possibly influence in the MCU going forward, Chris? So, I, 
like I don't know if he uh, like Ian Ian nails it. That's what I want. I want Cyclops. Like I want a leader. I want somebody who is, you know, like he has the emotional ties because as we saw in X Men One, you know, he clearly cares for Xavier. He's the one talking to him. X Men Two, he's got the emotional struggle to Gene. But I want to see that leader. I want to see Cyclops come forward. Um, that's the big thing for me. But if not, I think a great villain, just like in real life, the government. Um, I want characters like Gyrick and Stryker. I want to see them. I want to see them go after stuff. Like how how wild is it going to be to have you know um, Senator Kelly, you know, anti mutant trying to get the presidency? Like those are those cool moments. We saw it in the cartoon. They're great foils. That'd be great. Like, can you imagine Gyrick being a big part of the uh, bureaucratic system of the Avengers? And he's like, no mutants. And then the Avengers are like, but that's our, there are, there are allies. They're our team. Nope. No mutants. Can't do anything with them. We're not going to help them. You know? Uh, I think the, the thing that you could possibly see going forward, and I know we only get to see a little bit of it in this is the weapon X program. Like the Weapon X program in the MCU would be pretty fascinating, especially with how many characters we have that are military, like Captain Marvel, War Machine, uh, Falcon, Winter, uh, Bucky. Like, how do they all deal with a government that is treating mutants this way? So uh, that's what I so, would love to see. Uh, Garrett says that he needs Forge. Hey, Garrett's always talking about Forge, so. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a cool choice. <laughs> Forge is rad. Yeah, um, he's a cool character. To kind of go along with what Franny was saying, uh, that would give us the option for MCU Sentinels. That would be pretty and awesome. That would just be cool. <laughs> I mean, the ones we got in Days of Future Past were pretty awesome, so I, I'd be pretty cool with seeing, uh, seeing more of that. Uh, one of the mm. characters that like Franey mentioned that this was almost all of uh giant size X-Men. Uh, one of the characters we're missing is Thunderbird. I wouldn't mind seeing Thunderbird uh, show up in the, in the MCU and he doesn't anybody, have to die right away. If anybody's playing bingo at home, Thunderbird does count as Thunderbolt for this. It MCU. does not. That doesn't count. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. If I can't break the rules on my own show, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> Any last thoughts from the chat? Any last thoughts from either of you on X Men, X Men, X Men, X Two, X Men United? X Men. So one thing, if I could throw it out there from a comic book standpoint, so this movie forces us to have the origin of Wolverine. So mere months before the movie comes out, we are given origin. Um, I was kind of sad because it's one of those things like, like the Joker, like there's just certain things we should not know. And I really love Wolverine being a man without a past. Granted, the play was, we will now know origin, the history of Wolverine, the, the beginnings. He won't know it until way later, but I just kind of like the idea of not knowing, you know, his childhood or anything. I just thought it was cool. So, but luckily origin did come in because if they hadn't, then the movie really would have been like, all right, this is going to be the staples of Wolverine's origin. Because they really did start hammering the idea of Stryker being part of Wolverine's origin, which was never the case. I like that. That'd be really cool. Any anything, anything last things from you, Ian? 
I think I'm good. Looking back through chat, um, I think I think we're pretty good. Chat. I'm seeing right now. I got a one second delay. Y'all got ten seconds. I'll wait. <laughs> Chris, where can people find you online? Let's see, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter. Uh, stuff I should say should be spelled S-H-U-D. And then check out geekeliteMedia.com and AIPTcomics.com for all my comic book writings. And Ian, how about yourself? So if you're here in chat already, you already know where to find me. But if you're not, if you're listening to this in the future, thank you. I appreciate you. It really does help, and it makes me feel great about myself. Uh, but you can find us if you want to be part of the chat. Uh, on Wednesdays here at twitch.tv slash Ianflux. And you can find me on Twitter at Ianflux12. That is I-A-N-F-L-U-X. And on Twitter, I-A-N-F-L-U-X, the number's one, two. Hey, Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? Also, is there a Patreon maybe that we can support somehow? Maybe just tell us all about it. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network, on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash geekleetmedia for exclusive material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. Uh, can I hop in here real quick on that? Yes. On on the Patreon. <clears throat> if you go to the Patreon and request for us to have to talk about who the different Muppets would be if they made a Muppets Avengers, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> we did this one already. <laughs> yeah, but like a full overtime about the Muppets Avengers would be pretty fun. Whatever, whatever, so, whatever. Is it going to be Muppets <laughs> Avengers and Muppets X-Men? So Muppets X- a- AVX? Yeah, so because <laughs> I have too many thoughts. Well, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. Chris, thank you again for joining us this week. Uh, can't wait till we get to X Men Three: The Last Stand, my favorite of the three, so that we could all tear it apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you guys man. for having me here. I always, I've been loving this. It's it's fun going back and revisiting uh, the history, be it for good or bad. So, and you guys are always a great time. So, thank you. Absolutely, love to have you here. But yeah, I think I think it's time. Chat. I'm gonna hold you to it because again, we're only a second delay, so you should be able to time this out. So until next time, this is Journey into Mystery on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.